Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight's entertainment. No, I figured it out. Figured out the police thing. Um, it's been in the news a lot, for sure, over COVID. The riots, police shooting innocent people, police shooting maybe not innocent people, police just shooting people in general. How do we stop it? Do we defund the police? Big movement. Huge movement. Do we fund the police more? Do we train them more? Bad eggs, like good people. How do we fix it? I got it, guys. It's crazy that this has been such a problem, such a divisive issue in America for a while now. And the problem, the solution has been right in front of us the entire time. You see it every day on your way to work. See it every single time you go to the grocery store. Every time little Timmy's got a T-ball game and you're trying to make it there in time for his at-bat in the third inning, you see it. Police. On the roads, what happens? You're driving. Going to pick up some fresh potatoes for that yam pie you like to make. You see a cop car. What do you do? Answer. What do you do? First instinct. Slow down. That's right. Good job. Well done. You slow down. You go no more than the speed limit. Probably going a few under the speed limit. How does that make you feel? Right? You're like, all right, fuck it. I'll do it. I don't want to. But I'll do it. There's a police right there. I don't want to get a ticket. Everybody's lives are better if I just go a little speed limit. He leaves me alone. He makes a right turn. I keep going straight, and then I can go 10 over again. Nothing happened. If a tree falls in the woods but nobody hears it, did it make a noise? One of those type scenarios. I get it. You know who never has that scenario? You know who always hears the tree fall? Is the police car. Every single time a police person's on the road, They're going the speed limit or around the speed limit. Every single car behind them, next to them, and in front of them, if they're paying attention, immediately slows down to the speed limit. Think about that for a moment. What happens when a bunch of cars all slow down at once? That's what we call traffic, everybody. Everybody hitting the brakes at the same time, that's called traffic. What does every single human being, rich, poor, illiterate, literate, uh, able to walk, doesn't have legs. What does every single person hate? Traffic. Cops literally live in traffic, dude. What is, what is a cop's job? To be honest, unless there's a robbery in progress or someone just got murdered, what's a cop's job, dude? They just drive around and look for the next donut store, right? They just see nobody's going 15 over. All right, make a left. They got the best chocolate donuts in the world. That's it. Every single time a cop clocks in and clocks out, that day is spent in a car on the roads. Every single time that guy is in a car and on the roads, everybody around him is going no faster than the speed limit, probably a little bit underneath. Do you know how frustrating it is to drive around and it's a 45 zone and everyone's going 42? That is the fucking worst, dude. And this is every single police officer's everyday life. There is no Autobahn for the cops, right? There is no, oh, today the traffic's moving a little faster. Always slow. Always the speed limit or less. Always sitting in traffic. Always with that feeling of like, come on, lady, come on. The speed limit's 45. You're going 42. Always with that feeling. Every single police officer in the world, unless they're one of those bike cops, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum from 21 Jump, unless they're those guys, Every single police officer's day-to-day reality is sitting behind a slow driver. That wears on a person. 
all work, no play makes Johnny a dull boy. All under the speed limit and no speeding makes every cop slightly homicidal. That's a fact. That's a fact. And it's been proved over time. I don't know how nobody's thought of the solution. I'm not a politician. I'm not a philosopher. I don't study police behavior, psychology, none of that, dude. I simply drive places. And when I drive places and the speed limit is five miles an hour higher than what the person in front of me or next to me is going, I get a little bit angry. And I'm a patient person. Don't think I have a ton of road rage here and there. You do something stupid. You cut me off. I'll think to myself, oh, yeah, no doubt. I'll let out a good, oh, every once in a while. But I don't get crazy. I'm not yelling. I'm not flipping anybody the bird, right? I'm not calling my uncle who's an attorney and telling him to look up this license plate. And if there's anything we can get him on, none of that. I'm relaxed. I'm patient, cool as a cucumber. Doesn't really get to me. But I'll tell you, if I'm on mile three, mile four, mile five of that person in front of me going five under the speed limit, I'll start to get a little annoyed. I'll start to peek around like, who is it that's driving this car? Are they deaf and blind? How is that possible? How are they allowed to drive? I'll get a little upset. Yeah, you could go five miles an hour faster. Everybody's got a place to be. In fact, you think maybe you're being more safe going slowly? No, not the case. You're actually being dangerous going slow. You're slowing the flow of traffic. You're creating stop and start traffic. You're making everybody's hair fall out. You're making everybody stress out. You're the reason when people get home from work, their marriage falls apart. Not because the marriage doesn't have what it takes to go the whole way, probably a little bit of that, but because everybody's pissed off about traffic, really all things in life in one way or another, you can trace back to traffic. Now take that, take that principle, which we know to be true, as true as the Declaration of Independence and apply it to someone who that's every single day, all day of their entire life. You're going to get a fucking psychopath. That's what happens. You take traffic, you add time, equal sign, psychopath. Psychopath. You give them a gun too? Psychopath with a gun? Think good things happen? Think a psychopath with a gun. If you read that in a book, you'd be like, this character seems nice. This character probably has good intentions. If I told you, hey, yeah, last weekend I was hanging out with my friend. He's Now he's a psychopath with a gun. What You don't think that story ends with us saying, yeah, we called it at 10 p.m., watched the movie. It was actually a pretty good time. That's not how that story ends. Oh, the you went out with the psychopath with the gun? What bridge did you sleep under? That's how that story goes. We have thousands, tens of thousands of men and women who get the badge, the seal of approval of a legality to use a gun and their whole entire life is sitting in traffic. Nobody wants to speed around the cop. Everybody sees a cop and they go, all right, we'll slow down. I don't want a ticket. It's the worst thing that could happen. Slow down. Fine. I'm not going to mess with them. Slow. Everybody in front of a cop, they check the rear view and they're like, fuck, this guy's behind me. Think he's running my plates. You think he's waiting for me to go two over and then he's going to hit me. I'll go slow. Whatever. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go like one or maybe two or three under the speed limit. Yeah. No, no. I don't want to test anything. He's right behind me. He's probably keeping an eye on me. The cop, meanwhile, is like, dude. I'm going to miss my kid's band recital. Get the fuck out of the way. And you're like, oh, this cop probably respects me for respecting him. That's so nice. Good, good. Yes, yes. No, you're making that cop. You are slowly turning that police officer into a modern day Michael Myers. And then we wonder what's up with these senseless shootings. 
Why are these happening? Why are they so aggressive? They're blowing off steam every single day. So much of it, too. Like Krakatoa levels of steam. Volcanic eruptions from the core, the mantle of the earth, levels of steam eruptions. All you do all day in traf- is traffic. I have friends, I don't know, they work regular nine to five jobs. If they sit in traffic for like 24 seconds, they actually would shoot somebody if you gave them a gun. Like they are debating getting out of their car. They're yelling, they're swearing, they're doing all kinds of things with their hands. And I'm like, dude, we're at a red light. You can't go anywhere anyway. And they don't want to hear it. They see red. They're off the leash because of traffic. And it the drive we're making is like seven and a half minutes. I'm like, it's going to be okay. They'll still have pita bread when we get there. Like they'll be able to make your sandwich at 930 as opposed to 928. It's okay. You'll, you'll get the food. It's fine. You don't need to freak out. Every single day, all day, sitting in cars around people who actively slow down the moment they see you, any road, any city, any state, immediately they see your car, they go slower. Immediately you enter traffic. There's never once been a police car that's been cruising around with the windows down because they can't cruise. They're on the brake pedal 24-7. For every oil change, they got to replace the brakes like five times in police cars. Pretty sure that's a fact that I think I've made up. And then we wonder, what's wrong with these people? Do they need more training? Why are there the bad eggs? Dude, anybody would be a bad egg in that situation. You ever make a road trip with your dad and you hit traffic and he hits the, I knew we should have left sooner rant. You know that feeling? You know that rant that goes and you're like, dude, who fucking cares? It is what it is. We're in traffic now. You talking about leaving at 630 instead of seven isn't going to make these cars disappear. He's freaking out. He's yelling. It's nobody's fault, but he seems to think it is every single day of their lives. That's that. All they want is a donut. All they want is to get back to the office so they can pet the unit canine. That's it. They don't really need that much. They don't want any trouble. They don't want to pull you over. All they want to do is have a sprinkled donut and pet a German shepherd, but they can't because every single person around them is going seven under the speed limit with no intention of speeding up. The cop could flash the light, use the megaphone and go, you got to go faster. And people I think would go, he's testing us. He's testing us. Let's go even a little slower. That's how you drive people mad. That's like human torture. Waterboarding is illegal in Guantanamo Bay. You can't do what's the Chinese thing that they do. They just slowly drop water pellets on your forehead until you go insane. We're subjecting tens of thousands of men and women to nine to five sitting in a car behind a grandmother going 32 miles an hour in her 1998 station wagon. And we expect them to be responsible with a gun? Dude, I know people that carry change in their cars to throw. You give them a gun with bullets that can shoot at other humans? And then you're like, by the way, if you want to use that thing, it's actually okay. What? And then we're surprised. Nobody's figured this out. Like, I don't understand. How has this not been a bill on the Senate floor? Everybody, do we train them? Do we defund them? How about you just force people to drive faster around police? How about when you can see a police car, speed limits don't apply. There would never be another police-related shooting again unless the person was 100% dead to rights, caught committing some kind of violent crime. That's it. 
that's all you got to do. We don't need to move any money around. You don't need to cut the school's budget. You don't need to defund anything. Anytime you see a police car, you can go five miles over the speed limit. Boom. Problem solved. Literally every cop would be the happiest person. All they fucking do all day is cruise around, listen to music and eat food. That's it. That's not the life. Oh, here and there, they got to put some iron wristbands around people. No big deal. Every single person would be happier. They're giving out less tickets. Like, yeah, I'm in a great mood. Had an unbelievable donut this morning and there was no traffic. So I got there while they're still hot. I won't give this person a ticket. Win, win, win. Everybody's happy. Criminals, that I guess they would maybe slack a little bit, but if there is a crime in progress, nobody's going slow around the police officer. Cop, hit the gas. Cop gets there sooner. You got to return all the jewels to this jewelry store. Boom. Everybody wins. Criminals lose even more. It's a perfect solution. Everybody's wondering, what's wrong? Why does this happen? It's right in front of you guys. You live it every day. You probably complain about it every day. Every single time you leave the office and you're fired up, it's Friday. I got seven Modellos in the fridge. I got a half a lime. I butchered it when I cut it the first time, but it still works. We'll make the best of it. We're going to that bar we always go to probably around 930. There'll be like two girls there, but that's fine. I got the seven Modellos. You know that feeling? And you get in the car and you start driving your favorite songs on. Your fist pumping, your head's moving, you're tapping your left foot, street safe. And all of a sudden you hit traffic and your world comes crashing down around you. You feel like if you had a gun, you'd think about it. You'd be like, ah, it would take a little bit of restraint. You go, I got that pocket knife in my work bag. I don't know. How could I use the pocket knife to avoid this traffic? Things go through your head. You're starting to get a little upset. All the person next to you is doing is coming back from their night class. That's it. They want to go home too. They're ready to watch a little bit of Netflix. Now you're getting angry at them for no reason. Total stranger. Could be the nicest person in the world. And you're like, God damn it, dude. I'm going to slash your tires. That's it. Just because of traffic. You went from cloud nine to the bottom of the basement. Boom. Just because a few red lights were ahead of you. And now you extrapolate that to your entire life. That's no way to live. That's no way to live. No wonder these people act out. No wonder there's all these problems. No wonder they're violent when they shouldn't be. They're crazy. We're we're designating them to become absolute psychopaths. Hey, go sit in a car and everyone's going to go slow. What? That, That shouldn't be legal. Not to the worst enemy. Not to Vladimir Putin. Should that be legal? That's our police force? Yikes, guys. Answer's right in front of us. Biden, whoever has the power, let me know. I'll come. I'll write it up myself. Right here at this desk with that computer. I'll do it. Anytime a police car's in sight, five miles an hour, everybody donuts, no more crime. You're happy. We're happy. Get there. No more tickets. The world's a better place. That's what we do here. That's what we do on the Detroiter, covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. A little reverse intro today. You like that? A little Pulp Fiction-esque intro. Um, we will talk some Detroit sports now. I just, burning thought in my mind about police. And, and it's all related. You can't tell me. I do fuck around, no doubt about it. You can't tell me that doesn't make sense now. You can't tell me. Einstein couldn't disprove that. Sir Isaac Newton would be like, fuck that apple I threw in the air. This is it, brother. This is the future. You can't tell me that it doesn't make some sense. That said, that off the chest and out of the way, we'll do a quick break. The Detroit Tigers fired Alavila this week. 
Um, I hate the Tigers. I hate Chris Illich. Most of all, I think. Alavila stinks, obviously. I mean, I'll never understand that aspect of sports. Like, you know a guy's bad at his job four years in, so why do you keep him eight? I don't I don't understand why that's such a sports thing. Yeah, dude, in 2018 we knew he sucked, but we fired him in 2022. Why? I don't know. Whatever. Just didn't get around to it. What the hell does that even mean? I'm so apathetic and emotionless with the Tigers. Like, they've made me so angry. The way this year's gone – the way like players are going, scope, garbage. Candelario, garbage. Every single pitcher we have, either not great or hurt. Um, Spencer Torkelson, back down to AAA. Riley Green's the man. He's the only thing we have. God bless him. He's probably going to get fed up with it pretty shortly as well, I would imagine. Every single thing about the team, the franchise, Hinch, what does he have to show for it? Like Everything is just negative. Nothing's going well, and the worst part is, Nothing is moving in the right direction. And you might think, what do you mean? They just fired Avila. They just fired this guy that I think Detroit has unanimously said stinks, has a lot to do with the Tigers' downfall and the slow return to relevance. Not that they've made any return because they're the worst fucking team in baseball. Even though they just fired him, and you could view that as a positive, it's a systemic negative. Chris Illich is the guy. The buck stops there. You're the owner in baseball. The GM, Al Avila, says, all right, Mr. Owner, how much money can I spend? How good do you want to be, essentially? Why are the Yankees, why are the Dodgers good every single fucking year? Yeah, they got good scouting programs. I'm sure good coaching, whatever. They don't have the best. They're not that much better than everyone. It's because they spend infinity money. How come, what is it, a year, two years after Steve Cohen bought the Mets, all of a sudden they're one of the best teams in baseball? He didn't lift a curse, dude. He's not a fucking voodoo guy. He said, I have like $70 billion and nothing to do with it. I'm going to just go win a couple World Series rings. Eh, whatever. Here, Mets, take everything, dude. You could sign God if you can get you can get him to uh, sign the paycheck. Doesn't matter. Chris Illich, you own the Tigers. This is a franchise. Maybe you don't spend like the Yankees and the Dodgers. You're supposed to spend money. You're supposed to make your best effort to be the best team every single year. That is what it is. If you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. Go buy the Tampa Bay fucking Rays if you don't care about that stuff. If you just want to say you own a team, go buy the Rays. Detroit, it's a team. It's a franchise, the history, tradition, all that stuff. It's meant to be owned by someone who cares and has the intentions of trying to win, not some guy that runs it like a fucking daycare. As mad as you want to be at Alavila and as positive as it is, that he just got fired. There's still a common denominator and it's still the owner. That's not good. So we'll take a quick break and dive in a little further. Okay. I guess... Ended that first half there <laughs> on a bit of a sour note. I just, these guys really annoy me. Really, like, make me want to do this with my fingers. Scrumple them up like I'm a witch, you know? I, ugh, it just ugh, tenses you up. If you were at a massage, they would tell you to think of whatever the exact opposite of the Detroit Tigers is. That's what they would say. You want ultimate relaxation? You want to enter nirvana? 
become sensory deprived. Think of the opposite of the 2022 Detroit Tigers, and you will arrive in no time. That's it. That's exactly what they would do. So when I think about the 2022 Detroit Tigers, I can feel my fucking, what is it, vessels towards the heart? I can feel my blood vessels tighten. I can feel my, just everything, like, ugh, just weirdly bend and crack. It's disgusting is what it feels like. I just, nothing good to say about them. They've been rebuilding now eight years, nine years, and they're still the worst team in baseball. (laughs) I really don't know how you can do that. And on top of all that, they're in a market, Detroit, where you have the luxury of spending some money. Even when Chris Illich is tight on the purse strings and not spending like the Tigers really should spend, they still have a decent payroll. They still have way more. The teams like the A's, teams like the Rays, they have way more than those guys. Arizona, it's, and they still, eight years, acquiring draft picks, spending them on top-tier prospects, and you're still the worst team in baseball. After you made a conscious effort this season, now, mind you, didn't make a conscious effort to go out and get the best free agents, but you made out, you made a conscious effort to go out and get free agents, get people who you thought would help the team, which I can admire. I applaud that. Yes, I Austin Meadows, you wanted to get better. Fair enough. You went and got Javi Baez. You wanted to get better. You upgraded the team. Fair enough. Didn't get Carlos Correa. Didn't get the best shortstop who wanted to come to Detroit who you could have paid if you wanted to, who would have significantly significantly improved this team. Is he the difference between the worst team in baseball and a playoff spot? No, nobody is in baseball. But things would be better. People would feel better. There would be a little bit of hope still to cling to. Like there would be something. Who knows if he's on the team? A guy like Correa with his winning pedigree and, and just like veteran presence. Who knows if things go the way that they did? But you cheaped out. You're paying for it. Austin Meadows, nice trade to make, no doubt. He got hurt, bad luck, didn't do anything. All your pitchers, fine. Eduardo Rodriguez looked like a decent signing, for sure. I commend you. Yes, good. Add to the rotation. He hasn't played. That sucks, too. At some point, although that's bad luck, and although it sucks, the injury bugs smack the Tigers, although it sucks that these free agents – haven't been what you hoped they would. The Javi Baez one, though, is still fucking annoying because you made a conscious decision to take the guy who could do this. Carlos Correa isn't having this season, Javi Baez has. You looked at the both of them and you said, you know what, we'll take Baez. Maybe he'll be the fucking worst, but he's a little cheaper. That's fun. Chris Illich, you sell a billion pizzas a day, bro. You bought Detroit and then turned it into a parking lot. Go get the better shortstop. You've been dog shit for seven, eight years. Go get the better shortstop. It's the least you can do. You've been spending pennies on the payroll. Make a name for yourself. You didn't win anything with the Tigers. You haven't won anything with the Red Wings. I don't know if Chris Illich is interested, disinterested, how he feels about the fact that he has to run these teams. I don't really know. But whatever he does feel towards it, I hope he doesn't feel that he's ever done anything with either of them. Mike Illich, your dad, is the one that 
created what the Detroit Red Wings are today. He's the one that put the Tigers back on the map that had Comerica sold out every night of the summer. That was him. You just happen to be the kid. I hope he's not coasting off like, oh, man, you know, like what my dad did for the Tigers. Like, yeah, we can go cheap for a couple more years. Dude, what the fuck are you talking about? That's crazy. He's done a better job with the wings. No doubt about it. I'll give him that. There is some credit to be given. Like I said, they improved the team. He's done better with the wings. I think once Steve Eiserman has asked for money. Now, granted, Steve Eiserman still hasn't seen the day where he goes to Chris Illich and says, I need $10 million for this player. That day hasn't come. Hopefully, if things go according to plan, that will. Mo Sider becomes that guy. Lucas Raymond becomes that guy. Maybe one day he goes out and gets the biggest free agent on the market. Hopefully, one of those things happens because that means the Red Wings are trying to win a Stanley Cup. So, he hasn't seen that day. He hasn't had the chance to say no yet. But, on the flip side, he hasn't denied Steve Eiserman money. He's let Steve do his thing. The Red Wings have slowly, steadily made progress. They seem to be going in the right direction. You could tell the arena was more full this year than it was the previous year. It seems like from news articles I read and things like that, although the district Detroit is a big parking lot, it seems like he's trying to build more stuff around it, restaurants, bars, hotels, stuff like that. It feels like he cares about the Red Wings. It feels like he's treated the Red Wings the way he's supposed to treat a legendary sports franchise. I just don't see why it's the other way with the Tigers. And we can get to Avila too. Like, finally, he made the right decision. Finally, he fired the fucking guy. I mean, anybody would have. A brain-dead baby would have made that move. How is it that you're in a room, however often he has to meet with the GM of the Detroit Tigers, how often is it that you're in a room with that guy, you're talking strategy, payroll, how to build a team, everything, with that guy, Al Avila, However often, let's say they meet twice a month. And then another two days a month, you're across the street at Little Caesars and you're in a room with Steve Eiserman talking about the same thing, the payroll, how to build a team, the strategy, the coaching, everything, how to win. And you can't tell the difference. That's concerning to me. So that's why I said people are celebrating and excited Avila's finally gone. The problem, he's gone. The guy who gave everybody away for nothing, he's gone. J.D., Verlander, peanuts. He's gone. We'll be all right. The Detroit Tigers, now the rebuild starts. When everybody says that, the guy who owns the teams and ultimately makes the decisions was in a room on a frequent basis with Steve Eiserman. And on that, I would assume, same basis, was in rooms with Al Avila, and he didn't notice a difference. That's, that's a little alarming, dude. Do you take a bite of a turkey sandwich, or was that the shit sandwich? You can't tell the difference? What the hell are you talking about? Not even COVID would keep you from not being able to tell that difference. I don't understand that, and that is scary. You got somebody that literally cannot tell the difference between garbage and gold. Owning, owning, running from the top down. Every decision ultimately goes through him. Both of these teams. One's gold. Steve Eiserman's the best in hockey. Maybe the best in sports. 
the Red Wings immediately and have steadily turned around from the first fucking day he got there. All you hear, NHL people, Steve Eiserman, Steve Eiserman, free agents come to Detroit and they're like, why'd you sign in Detroit? Steve Eiserman called me. Like the guy is a freak of nature. He's the most respected person. One of them has to be in the entire NHL. And on the flip side, there's a guy that drives a clown car to the ballpark. I don't under, like, it is not good that the guy who owns the teams and decides how much the Detroit Tigers get to spend decides what goes up around Little Caesars Arena. It's alarming that that guy cannot tell the difference between the literal best at their job and the literal worst in their job. So how am I supposed to be happy? How am I supposed to be excited or believe? It's a systemic problem. And the worst part is you can't fire Chris Illich. <laughs> that fucking sucks. He owns them. Sorry, dude. Hey, oh, he doesn't want to sell them? Okay. Kick rocks, dude. Go home. Go turn on a fuzzy VCR. He doesn't want to sell them. Come back in 15 years. He'll still say no, but you could try again. That sucks. And meanwhile, running quick and loans from the shadows, Michigan State Spartan dog, Dan Gilbert, who's worth, I believe, like 10 times, 20 or 15 times what the Illich family is worth. He's said in interviews and articles, his dream is to own the Detroit Tigers. Made a bid for him when Illich, when Mike Illich died. And Chris Illich said, no, we're not going to sell them. Dan Gilbert tried to buy them. When it, what was year was that? Like 2014, maybe? He tried to buy them. Maybe a little later. Chris Illich said, no, no, no. It means too much to our family. Can't do it. Sorry. Dan Gilbert could be Steve Cohen. He could spend infinity money. The guy's dream. Dan Gilbert is the type of guy. He's given money to Izzo. He's given money to the Breslin. You know he's given money to Mel Tucker in the football program. Dan Gilbert is the guy who wanted to get rich so then he could go win a championship with the team that he owns. That's that guy. And he wanted a crack at the Tigers. And the owner, the guy who doesn't know a shit sandwich from a turkey, said, no thanks, I'm going to keep them. It's hard to care about the Tigers. It's hard to be in on them. It's good, yeah, fine, it's great. They fired Alavila, dude. Put a Band-Aid over a fucking cannonball wound. Great. That's fine. The season's a disaster. Um, no signs of getting better. I mean, if if Chris Illich cheaped out this year, where it felt like there was momentum and a feeling of, oh, no, we're, we're going to actually try and be kind of good this year. And they stink. He did it a little bit. He went and got some guys. And they stink. Now he just says, well, we stink. We're not ready. Why would I spend money? The team's not ready. So, nah, I'm not over the moon that Alavila's gone. Good, dude. Great. Go play golf, Al. Congrats to you, buddy. You don't get a free paycheck any longer. Just that it feels useless. It feels gray. Like what I imagine Mars is like. After, you're there for like 15 minutes, and then this feeling sets in. You're like, oh, this is it just windy. That's it. I don't know. I don't know what to say about the Tigers. Um, been rebuilding for eight years. Fired a horrific GM. 
owner still the same, doesn't seem super interested in spending a bunch of money. The young pitchers, guys we thought we would rely on as part of the rebuild, injured, not playing as well as we would have hoped. First row overall pick in 2020, Torkelson, a guy who when he drafted, people were like, oh, he could hit cleanup for the Tigers today. Got sent back down because he couldn't hit. Um, I don't know. It's not great. It's not great for the Detroit Tigers. I wish it was different. But I think another rebuild is about to start, no matter who they get. If they go out and get Theo Epstein, a guy who seemingly would be perfect for the job, that would turn people around. That would get people smiling again. That would generate some interest in the Detroit Tigers. Guy who went to Boston, what was it, the Billy Goat curse? Uh, They hadn't won in 100-something years. Wins in Boston. Then he goes to the Chicago Cubs, 107 for them, I believe. Wins in Chicago. Just creating teams. Going to these places – Great markets. Boston Red Sox, are you kidding? Chicago Cubs, fucking incredible places to be involved for a baseball team. And he's doing it because he's like, yeah, I want the challenge. I want to be the guy who returns the Boston Red Sox to glory. I want to be the guy who brings Chicago to the World Series. I want, I want to do it. Me. I can. I'm the best. So let me do it. Who you would think would look at a place like Detroit. Incredible history. Little bit starved. 1984. The last time they'd won one, had a few close calls in the two, uh, late 2000s, early 2010s. A couple World Series appearances, always in the postseason, some unbelievable teams. You don't think he looks at A.J. Hinch, hell of a manager, very respected. Everybody wanted him. You think Theo Epstein takes a peek at Detroit? Great baseball city, dude. Fucking incredible place to play baseball. You don't think he looks at him and goes, well, I did Boston. Did Chicago. I don't know if I'll ever get a crack at the Yankees. Detroit's not a bad place to go try and win one. They got a little bit of an underdog story blooming there. Not only have the Tigers struggled, everybody's been struggling now for a little while. Why don't I uh, go be that guy? Chris Illich, his reputation's a little tarnished. People are fed up with him. They didn't like that he that district Detroit thing. They didn't like it. He did that. They didn't like that. He hasn't spent a ton of money and won with the Tigers. Maybe I give Chris Illich a call. Chris Illich, Theo Epstein, they run the Detroit Tigers. Put him back on the map. Theo's done it three times, all with legendary franchises, historic baseball teams. Chris Illich starts his own legacy. See, I do care. Turns his image around in the city. Just the thought. Theo Epstein, Detroit Tigers, nice ring. Everybody, it makes sense, kind of. People would love it. I would imagine Chris Illich would love it. Theo, you want to go win another legendary World Series ring? Eh, it's a thought. It's a thought. You get to manage Miguel, or you get to be around Miguel Cabrera for a year. It's a thought. I don't know. I don't know, Theo Epstein. But outside of that, whew, <laughs> it's like bread. That's been sitting out for 17 days. That's what it feels like. The Detroit Tigers just... Gross. You don't even want to think about it. But hey, I fired Alavila. That's all I got today, everybody. Appreciate you following along. Um, I don't think I have any new shirts out. Go check out the second string, though. You want some stuff? The secondstring.com. Little streetwear, a little sportswear, something to the bar, something to hang out, a little bit of everything for everyone. Check that out. 
I think that's all I got. Appreciate everybody who listens, supports, shares, um, all that good stuff. We'll be back next week, twice again, Wednesday, Hard Knocks recap, and then something else Friday. We'll see. There's a little news, maybe that. If not, we'll solve some, some more of America's issues. In the meantime, have a great weekend. I'll see you then.